We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Did you know that they made, there's like a a company, like a vegan company or something that made imitation human meat? No. That doesn't surprise me. So now you can eat human meat without eating human meat? I don't want to do it. Eat human without the guilt. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I want to know who taste tested it and was like, hmm, yes, this tastes like human I should know. It was Army Hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is a story by the slice. I'm your hostess, Lindsay, and with me are the talented and titillating Ashley and Emily. Ooh. Ooh. We're talented and titillating. Titillating's the good one right there. As a titty. <laughs> did. I heard it. Mm. I was there. Today's slice will feature several flavors, each as unique... As they How's are. that motorcycle? As unique as the sound <laughs> of that motorcycle driving past. <laughs> Join me for a tour of Tombstone Delights. Oh my god, yes. Ooh. I don't know what's happening, but I'm so excited. Our first flavor is a story of a very unusual and sweet grave. That of Florence Irene Ford, who was buried at the Natchez City Cemetery in Natchez, Mississippi. The reason it's so unique is because of her mother, Ellen. Florence passed at the age of 10 from yellow fever in 1871. And during her short life, she was terrified of storms. So much so that she would always run to her mother so she could be comforted until the storm passed. Ellen couldn't bear the thought of her daughter being all alone during storms. So she had a special casket made for her daughter that had a small window near her head, and a narrow stairway was built six feet down to where the casket lay. Oh my god. Ellen even went so far as to have hinged trap doors installed at the top of the stairs so they could be shut during the storm, protecting her as she sang or read to her daughter until the storm passed. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's kind of dark. Yeah. The grave still remains the same with the epitaph on her tombstone reading, quote, as bright and affectionate a daughter as ever God with his image blessed, end quote. The metal doors to where her body rests are still there behind the grave marker, but the window has since been covered up by a concrete wall in the 1950s to prevent any potential acts of vandalism. Legend states that if no one descends the stairs to comfort her during a thunderstorm, Florence's ghost will rise and wander the cemetery looking for her mother. 
Oh, that makes me so so sad. sad. The next one's not so bad. (laughs) Aw, poor little girl. I know. I don't like storms either. Yeah. The next flavor is a case of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. If you travel to Washington, D.C., specifically to Glenwood Cemetery, you will see a macabre marble monument. It marks the burial site of a man named Benjamin Grenup, who died in the 19th century as a fireman after he was run over by the fire truck. That sucks. I'm sorry. (laughs) This may not seem that unusual until I tell you that the scene of his death is sculpted into the monument (gasps) in a relief that shows him wailing in agony with the fire truck on top of him. Who paid for that? (laughs) It was Tommaso Portinari. Yes, it was. Sculpted by Washington artist Charles Rousseau, it showcases scenes from Shreve's Stable Fire, where Benjamin lost his life while in the line of duty in 1856. At the time, the Columbia Fire Company was leading their horse-drawn fire engine down Pennsylvania Avenue to respond to fire at Shreve's Stable. Did you say horse-drawn fire engine? Yes. I mean, it was what, 1856? Yeah. It's funny. I'm sorry. I feel so bad because, like, that would be the fucking worst, but it's so (laughs) As they rushed to the scene, the engine ran into a lamppost, and Benjamin was thrown to the ground underneath the axles or the giant wheels. Oh, my goodness. After two years, Benjamin's colleagues had collected $4,000, or around $140,000 today, that they used to purchase the services of Charles Rousseau to give proper tribute to their fallen comrade. By showing his death moment, the agony that he experienced, <laughs> like, whose idea? Like, that's not a good idea. No. <laughs> We'll honor you properly, man. (laughs) You were the best. I don't want to remember this forever. (laughs) The monument, which sits on a triangular plot, is bordered by an iron fence with bright red fire hydrants at each corner. Come on. (laughs) Oh, my God. The monument plate reads as follows, quote, Benjamin C. Grenup aged 24 years, killed in the discharge of his duty, May 6th, 1856. This monument is erected by Columbia Engine Company Number 1 to perpetuate the memory and noble deeds of a gallant fireman. A truer, nobler, trustier heart, more loving and more loyal never beat within a human breast, end quote. So he was killed on 5656. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He was yeeted off a fire engine because of a lamp <laughs> and trampled by horses, probably. Oh my goodness. What a horrible way to go. I'm a bad person, but come on, that's some cartoon shit. That it does is. not happen. It is. 
It's like getting crushed by a piano. This is happening in real life. <laughs> there was secretly an anvil on the back of the fire engine. And it said Acme. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, the men and women of District Engine Company 3 send their rookies on an annual pilgrimage to the Greenup Monument to honor his memory and his service. The monument has since become a must-see memorial for those wishing to pay tribute to other men and women who have fallen while serving in the fire department. You better be careful or we're going to put up a really scary monument to you. <laughs> no who shit. Have, who have fallen quite literally <laughs> serving the fire department. I mean, the monument idea is so thoughtful. And $4,000 in the mid-1800s is a lot of money, but come mm-hmm. on. It's so thoughtful, but why that? <laughs> like, why that? <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. Somebody did it as a joke, and I didn't think. I here's what happened: someone suggested it as a joke, and other people didn't get it. They just yeah. ran with it, and they were just like, "That's a great idea," and then it was too late to turn back. Or they explained what happened to the artist, and he was like, "I know the perfect way to honor this guy. <laughs> I am going to carve out his final moments." On this beautiful monument. What if they didn't know that that's what they were getting and they go to unveil it and they're like, ah, oh. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. What if they didn't know? They were like, oh, we're going to no. get this beautiful monument. And also they're just like. But it turns out the artist hated that guy because he slept with his wife. It's <laughs> just like. I'm a bad person. I should not be allowed to talk. <laughs> Our next flavor is a bittersweet story of heartbreak, that of Alice Flagg, who was buried at All Saints Cemetery in Pawleys Island, South Carolina. Alice came from an aristocratic family and lived with her mother and brother in their plantation estate in Murals Inlet in the mid-1800s. In one of those timeless tales of star-crossed lovers, she fell in love with a poor laborer that the family disapproved of causing them to send her away to a boarding school in Charleston. Unbeknownst to her family, Alice had continued to see the young man prior to them sending her away, and they eventually became betrothed, while Alice hiding the engagement ring on a ribbon she'd wear around her neck under her clothes. I'm sorry, with Alice hiding the engagement ring on a ribbon she'd wear around her neck under her clothes. Unfortunately for Alice, she became deathly ill in Charleston. Many believe she'd contracted malaria. And her brother, who was a doctor, rushed to Charleston with a horse and carriage to bring her home to care for her. On the way home, she passed out and awoke in her bed back at Murals Inlet, where, to her horror, her brother discovered the secret ring that her husband-to-be had given to her. Enraged, he tore it from her neck and threw it into the marsh behind their home. Feverish and delirious and racked by grief, she spent the final days of her life begging anyone who came to visit her to find her ring and return it to her. But no one ever honored her request. Well, it's in a friggin' swamp, right? Yeah. Alice was later buried in her favorite white dress in the Flag family plot with a plain marble slab 
only bearing her first name, marking her final resting place. It's said that her spirit can be seen around the front door of the Hermitage, the Flagg family home, while others have reported seeing her in the graveyard appearing to be looking for something. Local lore states that if you bring her a round token, such as a coin or a ring, then walk six times counterclockwise from the bottom right of her grave, then six times clockwise and stop at the letter A on her marker, place the token on her resting place, and make a wish, it will be granted. Who figured this out? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's so complicated. It's like playing the elevator game. Gotta yep. press floor two, then ten, then four, then five, then two, then four, then ten, then five. Like, what is yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. Our final flavor is a little peculiar. If you're looking for a truly puzzling gravestone, then grab your passport and take a trip to Russia's Cemetery in Wellesley, Ontario, Canada, to visit the Bean Puzzle Tombstone. Wait, what? <laughs> Bean. Say that again. The B-E-A-N. B-E-A-N Puzzle Tombstone. Do you get to actually put it together? Because that no. would be fun. If no, it's no, an no. actual puzzle. It's an, it's uh, like a word puzzle. Ooh, that's fun. Dr. Samuel Bean lost his wife, Henrietta, just seven months after the two married. And his second wife, Susanna, also died early when she passed just a few months after marrying the doctor. I call poison. He murdered him. Yeah, I was going to say he murdered them, but... Obviously. I mean, come on. Yeah. Dr. Bean, which is just funny to say, buried both of his wives in a plot side by side before having a mysterious tombstone erected over them without telling anyone what it meant. See, he wanted to honor their memory by creating a tombstone dedicated to a hobby that they all enjoyed, solving puzzles. Unfortunately, he took the secret to his grave when he was lost at sea after falling overboard on his way to Cuba in 1904. He wasn't yeeted by some pirates? Maybe it was some ghost pirates. Wait, no, I know what happened. The boat hit a lamp. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> the ghost, the boat hit a lamppost in the middle of the sea. <laughs> and he solved it. He got run over by the boat. Solved it. For over a hundred years, residents and visitors to the little town of Wellesley attempted to decipher the strange tombstone, which bears the message, gone home with a finger pointing towards the sky, which is a very common Victorian symbol, lists the names Bean, Henrietta, Susanna, and the message, reader, meet us in heaven. In addition to a glorified crossword puzzle of unintelligible letters and numbers. In fact, so many people had traveled to the cemetery and made rubbings of the headstone that it had to be replaced in the 1980s when it became completely illegible. That's not what, like, for, wasn't it like 40 years after they died? Didn't you say it was the 1940s? Um, he died in 1904. Oh, so, okay, okay. Yeah. Number dyslexia. <laughs> It wasn't until the 1970s that a 94-year-old woman was able to crack the code. <laughs> nice. The decoded encryption reads as follows. 
quote, in memoriam, Henrietta, first wife of S. Bean, M.D., who died 27 September 1865, aged 23 years, 2 months, and 17 days, and Susanna, his second wife, who died 27 April 1867, aged 26 years, 10 months, and 15 days. Two better wives one man never had. They were gifts from God, but are now in heaven. May God help me, S.B., to meet them there. End quote. Hmm. It's a, well, she solved it, but that's weird. Like, why would you turn it into a puzzle just to say that? It's not even anything unusual, except yeah, for the fact know. that they both died at pretty much the exact same age. Yeah. And he didn't take very long to marry again. If the one died in 65 and the next one died in 67. So he clearly murdered them both. And the, I don't know, the headstone actually secretly says like, ha ha, I did it. <laughs> I didn't get me. It was me. I'm heading to Cuba. <laughs> it was me all along. And I'm going to die on a ship headed to Cuba. Oh no, a lamppost. <laughs> Curses. I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for this damn lamppost. <laughs> Ingredients for these dishes were sourced from a 2021 Board Panda article titled This 10-Year-Old Girl's Grave is Built with Easy Access Stairs so that her mother could come to comfort her during storms by Julia Nope, Leslie Nope. Leslie yes, Nope. Wrote it. Leslie <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> by Julia Svedrate. A 2020 Random Times article titled The Curious Grave of Florence Irene Ford in Natchez City Cemetery, Mississippi by Leo S. 2019 Only in Your State article titled The Touching Story Behind Mississippi's Most Peculiar Gravesite. 2017 Amusing Planet article titled Puzzling Gravestones by Kaushik Patawari. 2017 Only in Your State article titled The Story Behind This Haunted South Carolina Gravestone is Like Something from a Horror Movie. By Robin Jarvis. Shorten your goddamn titles. My <laughs> God. I don't know if we can say that on this podcast. Some of ours have been, I, I'm usually A the little offender. Bit. It's I'm fine. usually the offender. The Atlas it was of. Me. <laughs> <laughs> the Atlas Obscure Listing for Alice Flagg's Grave. The Atlas Obscure Listing for Benjamin Grenup's Monument. The Atlas Obscura listing for the Bean Puzzle Tombstone. Atlas Obscura listing for the Grave of Florence Irene Ford. The Fallen National, the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation article titled District of Columbia Memorial. And Roadside America article titled Washington, D.C. Run Over Fireman Monument. Oh my gosh. Lindsay, if I may say, that episode was monumental. Thank you. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. And on that lovely pun, thank you for visiting our beautiful pizzeria and enjoying a, oh, yeah, monumental story by the slice. Oh my God, I stole your thunder. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't mean it. It's all right. We were on the same wavelength. Pineapple yeah. Pizza Podcast, sweet and cheesy, and not everyone understands our awesomeness, but we're glad that you do, question mark. Enjoying the meal? Consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple, Podchaser, Good Pods, or Spotify. 
It's free, and it helps our little restaurant get noticed by others with your spectacularly good taste. If you want to help support the restaurant, you can rock some of our merch from our Tea Public shop or buy us a fresh slice on Buy Me a Coffee because we can never get enough. If you simply can't get enough pineapple pizza, become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget. Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. You can find all the links to our social media, streaming platforms, and support pages in the show notes and on pineapplepizzapodcast.com. That's pineapplepizzapodcast.com.